This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Stacey Grizzly. Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to North Atlanta's Good Neighbor Podcast. Today, I'm here with Dr. Vahid with Healthy Conditions. He's got a healthy lifestyle practice in Buckhead, and I'm so happy to have you on today, Dr. Vahid. Thanks for having me again, Stacey. I appreciate it. Well, and, and Dr. Vahid is the expert contributor for both North Buckhead and Dunwoody Neighbors magazines, and he submitted a fantastic article that ran in our November issues in, of both publications titled Healthy, Healthy Holidays. And I had to didn't have to twist his arm too hard, but I was very excited to, to have him on the sh- to share some of his expertise and knowledge about how to stay healthy through the holiday season, which is a season that all of us sometimes struggle with to stay, keep our healthy lifestyle um, going. So Dr. Vahid, how about you start with by telling us what led you to write this particular piece? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thanks for your kind words. Um, uh, I wrote this piece just because I feel like um, everybody probably goes to through the, these similar situations around the holidays, and I'm no exception to that. So I thought it might be helpful if um, you know you heard from someone who does this for a living that I also struggle and in the past have struggled and uh, learned some lessons. So I just wanted to share really in that article lessons that I had learned in my own process that I thought would be helpful. That's one of my favorite things about you, Dr. Vahid, is, is you are so humble. <laughs> you really, you, know, you, you, you experience these things as a, a professional, your MD, you know, but you also are just a person. <laughs> and so the fact that you are um, just so willing to share that you also struggle with these things is, is a, a breath of fresh air for me. And in this article, you really shared some fantastic ways, you know, for people to that ways that relatable ways of that people can implement in their own lives, you know, in order to combat stressful holiday season that we all encounter. Um, so how about we start with eating? You, you gave some great tips for um, ways to eat healthy during the holidays or healthier. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's a big one. I think for most people, the the first and sometimes only thing they think about is, uh, you know, the food. That's probably where I'm missing the mark um, here. Really, it's important to um, to pay attention to our cues. So our hunger cues. So when we actually are, do we really feel hungry in that moment uh, or not? Something as simple as that. Um Eating a little slower and allowing that signal from our stomach to reach our brain, typically that takes about 20 minutes. Um, so taking our time and kind of knowing when that full feeling hits, uh, that, that it's okay to stop. I would say, honestly, um, I'm, I'm against the notion that we need to be like really restrictive about these things throughout the holidays because we are meant to be around each other and, and enjoy each other's presence and, and enjoy some delicious food. So really sometimes if you're having a treat, just by cutting down the portion, uh, you're going to do um, do some good that way while still, you know, enjoying, I guess, having your cake, eating it too, if I can use that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And then so if you are, you know, if you're sort of in a buffet style situation where you, there's a lot of stuff you want to try, I would start with the high fiber stuff, right? So the vegetables, um, and that's going to help you feel fuller faster. So that's one of the, that's one of the things. I will, I will end that, uh, part by saying 
no one meal is really going to determine your health. You know, one Thanksgiving meal, let's say you overate a little bit or you indulge in a few things. That's not what it is. It tends to be that around the whole holiday season, we sort of make this switch and now we're eating the leftovers and we're eating this in the same pattern for now weeks and weeks that leads into Christmas, etc. And that's where we sort of get into a little bit of trouble falling out of our regular routine. So I would say no one meal is going to make a humongous difference. So don't don't beat yourself up too much about it either, right? You're supposed to enjoy yourself. Yeah, and I'm guilty of giving myself like a free pass because it is the holidays, you know, and uh, if it is just that one meal, uh, then enjoy that one meal with family and uh, try to limit your portion size and and sample a little bit of everything, right? <laughs> but then, but then get back to the, the next holiday is still a little ways away. <laughs> it's not like a <laughs> whole month of eat what you want. <laughs> well, in the area of expertise, you had around activity. Expand on that for us. Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, I'd say if you're already active, so let's say you have a routine going already, maybe you go to an exercise class, maybe you go to the gym, maybe you go for a walk uh, regularly. Try not to lose that habit throughout the holidays. That is um, doesn't sound like much, but it's so much harder to get back into that routine after the holidays than if we, you know, do our best to mitigate, uh, make some small adjustments, but maintain an exercise routine. That's that's going to make a, a very big difference. So I'd start with that. Now, if you don't have a routine, what better time to start, right? Today is always the best time. So I, I think walking is probably one of my favorite activities uh, just because it's um, the cost of entry is so low. It's low impact on the <laughs> joints. Uh, it gets you outside for the most part, um, you know, unless the weather's horrible and you end up walking inside a mall or something. But still, uh, being outside in nature really helps. Um, so I, walking would be uh, a big thing. Now, typically, we, you know, if we're lucky, we're around family at this time, and making the family time sort of like revolve around uh, uh, an activity that's that's a bit more uh, that requires a bit more of us physically is a good way to have fun and also sort of remain active. And that could be having a dance off at home. That could be going for a family hike or walk, uh, playing, you know, I don't know, touch football, whatever your family's into but finding creative ways of doing things together that are also active. Love it. Well, and the next one is one I struggle with myself is sleep. <laughs> that sleep during the holidays. <laughs> yeah, I would say sleep at any time, right? Uh, sleep is huge. We like, you know, you know, I have spoken before. We could probably do several, several hours just on sleep, but <laughs> sleep, um, it's very underrated. I think that it is getting more media attention, uh, thankfully, but still probably, in my opinion, one of the most underrated aspects of our lifestyle. And throughout the holidays, that's uh, you know no exception that 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 should be a priority. We're typically aiming from anywhere between seven to nine hours of sleep a night, hopefully uninterrupted. Um, you know, some folks will do great with seven. Others need a little more, but that that range tends to work for most people. Uh, things you can do. Um, so if you have any beverages that contain caffeine, right? So coffee is the obvious one, but there are beverages that we don't realize have caffeine. So if you're having, you know, things like energy drinks, which uh, uh, don't get me started on, I, I just <laughs> rather you don't drink energy drinks in general, but anything that has caffeine in it, I would try and make sure I'm not having anything like that within about 10 hours of the time I'm planning to go to bed. 
Now that seems Ten. like a long, yeah, that, yeah. So that seems you know, a long time. I like to say you had lunch, maybe you had an espresso or a coffee right after or whatever your beverage of choice is with caffeine in it. And that's it. Like the rest of the day, I wouldn't. So the half-life of caffeine, which is, it basically means the time it takes for, for half of that to sort of come out of your system is roughly around five hours, but everybody's body's different. Uh, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, if you give yourself about 10 hours to clear as much of that caffeine out, uh, before going to bed, it is it is going to drastically improve the quality of your uh, sleep. I'll have a lot of folks tell me, and I'm one of those people, by the way, that I can have a coffee and go straight to bed. And so it's not so much about going to sleep, although some people struggle with the caffeine and actually falling asleep, but it has to do with the quality of that sleep. Uh, so even if you have no problems falling asleep and, and you know, uh, for the most part, you're thinking I had a good night's sleep, the quality of that sleep, the cycles that we go through, um, that we need to go through in order to process memory, process emotions, all, all sorts of things that gets affected. So uh, tips, I would say outside of the caffeine, uh, avoid alcohol, period. If you are going to um, indulge uh, and, and have some some something with alcohol in it, I would not do so within three hours of the time you want to go to sleep. Like that should be around the last time. Same thing, because it will affect the quality of your sleep. Again, best best case scenario is you're not having any alcohol, but if you had to have some, try not to have it too close to uh, bedtime. Same thing with large meals. So if you're having that big holiday meal, try not to uh, have it right before going to bed. So I would say anywhere from two to three hours before going to sleep, not eating, uh, not eating basically uh, anything really at that point. Okay, so I'm surprised by the alcohol piece of that because yeah. you know, I, I I rarely drink. You know, I'll sometimes have a have a drink socially, um, and I it seems like to me that alcohol, if anything, makes me sleepy. <laughs> you know, so but you're saying it's not so much that about falling asleep as as it affects the quality of the sleep that you get. Absolutely, so absolutely. You, that, yeah. you just taught me something. <laughs> well, so oh, the, next, the next the uh, next topic is stress. So how, what do you advise about avoiding stress during the holidays or limiting yes. stress? <laughs> yeah, when it comes to stress, um, we have that we stress. that we could ever avoid it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so there's, there's, there's different types of stress, right? There's, there's types of stress that can actually be um, beneficial to us. And those tend to be short-lived moments of stress that push us to get something done. But um, what I'm referring to specifically is what I would, call chronic stress, uh, the, the type of stress that if you don't do something about it, it won't go away. Uh, and it does definitely uh, impact your health um, in quite a negative way. Uh, ways to uh, combat it. Honestly, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things is to practice gratitude. It sounds really simple. And um, until you do it, you don't really understand its impact. And it could be... Uh, keeping a gratitude journal. It could be just having a habit of when I wake up, I'm going to write down one thing or three things that I'm grateful for. Um, and you could do that as many times as necessary throughout the day. But practicing gratitude definitely helps with stress. Uh, another thing I love um, to recommend and do myself uh, are breathing exercises. These really help. Uh, there's a myriad of different sort of um, disciplines of, of breath work and uh, styles of breathing exercises. One really popular and simple one is box breathing. Um, 
if you Google that, essentially, you know, you're breathing in for about four seconds, you're holding that for four seconds, you're breathing out for four seconds, holding for four. And that's why it's called box breathing, because it's sort of like if those four second time periods resemble a box, if you, if you sort of drew it out. Um, but you could research uh, all different kinds of breathing methods. If anybody listens to health podcasts regularly, you've probably heard of Andrew Huberman. And he often refers to what he calls the uh, physiological sigh, which is a really big inhale, followed by another quick inhale, trying to get in even, even a little bit more air if you can, and then exhaling. Uh, that works instantly. Actually, all of these breathwork um, um, exercises, they work fairly quickly. So that's, that's, that's one of my favorite ones because you can get results uh, in the moment in real time. Um, spending time in nature, right? So you could couple this with that physical activity portion um, and going for that walk in nature. There is a concept uh, known as awe walks, right? So avoiding the earbuds and um, playing around with your phone and just going for a walk in nature, uh, not necessarily having a conversation with anyone, just taking in everything that's around you, being mindful of that. Uh, and when I say mindful, I mean really being there in the moment, a cool way to get uh, in that moment and be mindful is to use all of our senses. So, okay, what am I hearing right now? And try and identify what you're hearing. What do I smell? What do I see? Um, uh, any of your senses will help you sort of bring you into that moment. So those are, those are a couple, couple ways you could do that. I, I love that one. And it's so funny, you know, uh, Dr. Vahid knows that I recently went on a, a, a camping by mm -hmm. a solo camping expedition to, to kind of reconnect with nature and myself and, uh, and, and journaling is something I do during that. And that's exactly what I did. Like I did the, the, what I, I did sight and all the, all the senses, I went through all of the senses and described it and journaled and I got so much out of that trip. So, and, and, and people that are listening, you don't have to to go to that extreme and go spend the night in the woods. But I, <laughs> nature really is therapeutic. You know, it real and and it just disconnecting and unplugging and spending a little time in nature and do that during the holidays. I can definitely see the benefits of that for yeah. sure. Well, it's a powerful, so the next, it's a powerful thing. Yeah. It really is. I mean, I, I, that's, that, now that is definitely a podcast. We could have, we could have a three hour podcast on, on that. Actually, if I could, if I could add real quick, Absolutely. meditation can be prayer. I mean, if you're religious and, uh, and, and you, you know, you enjoy prayer, that is very uh, centering that really reduces stress as well. So it really depends on your individual case and what, you know, what uh, things Absolutely. are important to you. Yeah. And you, and you pair it all together. I journal, I meditate, I pray, uh, and it's all interconnected. And it, it really, it does, when you put it all together and implement it into your life. And I could definitely during the holiday season too, um, very highly recommend it. So the next thing was social connections. What can you yes. share with us about social connections, Dr. Vahid? Yeah, so really what we've been doing, we've been, we've been walking through all the pillars of health um, as it pertains to lifestyle medicine and, and social connections. I would say if, if stress is underrated, social connections is, is another one of the, those pillars, which I consider to be uh, underrated as well. Um, and this, you know, our relationships really need to be cultivated. You know, it's not 
taking it for granted. Oh, well, we're family. We, we, you know, we'll, we'll be fine. It takes a lot of effort and understanding and patience and, and um, cultivation. So nurturing those relationships which you consider to be positive in your life, making sure you spend time on them, connecting with those people, um, checking in on them uh, you know, as frequently as necessary, that definitely helps. Um, if you... If you don't already have a support network and you're wondering how can I go about doing that, um, you know, we do uh, have a tendency to associate social activities with things like drinking, going to a bar, et cetera. Obviously, depending on our age, that might differ. But I would encourage folks to do things like volunteering, um, to find a sport that they enjoy, maybe um, learn a new skill in a class where other people are trying to achieve the same thing, you can make new connections that are aligned with uh, those things that are important to you. Uh, book clubs um, are great for that as well. So really, again, tapping into what are the things that are relevant for me? What are the things that are important to me? And where can I find people who also find these things meaningful? And then through those connections, now building a network of people who um make me uh, feel really positive about life. Yeah. And and I would, would add to limit the the connection or the interaction with the people who, who make you feel so negative. You know, that you there are people and, in, yeah. in your life, that, if they're not contributing to your life, they're not making your life any better, yeah. then limit the contact that you have with them. You know, yeah, um, that, that's where boundaries are really important. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's important to mention that the boundaries that you set are for yourself. They're not for that person, right? So you'll set a, a, a hopefully a healthy boundary where you're telling yourself, this is where I draw the line and, you know, past which point I won't engage. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I think setting healthy, setting healthy boundaries is pretty important. Yeah. And, and that can sometimes, unfortunately, involve family members, you know, that uh, that maybe you Often. don't need to. Yeah. Invite that uncle, <laughs> you know, maybe he doesn't need to be there if, if he's going to cause you stress, <laughs> some of these things. And okay, so the next thing we, and we did talk about this a little bit as it pertains to sleep, um, but but what, let's expand a little bit on the topic of alcohol. Hmm. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, that's a tough one. I won't lie. Uh, it is uh, ingrained in a lot of our activities and, you know, socially it's just, uh, there's a lot of pressure around it sometimes. You feel rude uh, sometimes turning down drinks if everybody else is drinking. So how how do I navigate that? Um, honestly, I I kind of go through it in my head. All right, I'm, I know that I'm going to be in this environment where I might be offered a drink. What is my response? First of all, knowing yourself. So if you know yourself to be someone who can't stop at one drink or two drinks, well, I wouldn't even have that first drink. And I think that's that's an important place to start, really, to be honest with yourself. Uh, if you feel like, yes, I do have the amount of self-control to be able to stop at a drink or two, well, then fine. If it's you know an occasional drink, not a big deal. Um, but really what you could do is have fun with this instead of making it a restrictive thing. You could, um, you know, Google uh, how to make mocktails and how to make uh, uh, these cocktails that are that do not have any alcoholic content and show them off at the next uh, at the next dinner or party or whatever it is and actually invite others to try those. Um, not feeling guilty if, if, if you need to turn down a drink. Nobody's, you know... It, they shouldn't be judging you for turning down a drink. And if your social circle is pressuring you, um, 
uh, or, or ridiculing you because you're choosing your health, I think that is a good opportunity to reevaluate your social uh, circle because <laughs> maybe not they the best set some for of you. those boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I would say, yeah, setting setting your limit beforehand and and sort of sticking to that. So so not walking into a situation sort of blind. If you feel that you've you haven't been able to have that control before, I would have a plan in place before I get myself in that environment. Well, and that transition uh, transitions us perfectly into um, to well, actually we we'll get to that. <laughs> but the next one is setting healthy goals. Want to tell us about setting healthy goals? Yeah. So for health goals, I love to use the SMART acronym. Uh, it's used in all disciplines, not just in, in, in health or coaching. I mean, I actually, I think it came from the business world, if, if I remember correctly. And the SMART acronym just means uh, that when it comes to goals, they should be, so I'm going to go each letter of the word SMART. They're going to be specific. They have to be measurable. Uh, what comes after A, uh, they have to be achievable. So, you know, not biting off more than we can chew. The R stands for relevant. So they, they need to be relevant to sort of your overall, your overarching goals, but and also well aligned with your values. And then the T stands for time, uh, time constrained or time based, where uh, or time bound, however you want to put that, where you know you're you're setting a defined time frame in which you're going to achieve that goal. So using that method really is beneficial. I've seen a lot of success with that. I've I've had a lot of success with that myself. Um, also, uh, many times, if not almost every time with folks when I'm helping them with this, uh, it tends to be taking smaller chunks, like taking more bite-sized uh, goals and saying, look, what can I or do, what do I want to achieve from now until next week? So I really like keeping that time frame short because accountability is, is, is it tends to be better in a short time frame. You know, it's not the same to say I'm going to do X, Y, Z uh, in six months as opposed to saying, by next week, I'm going to turn my five coffee a day habit to a four and a half coffee a day habit. That's achievable. That's time bound. That's relevant to what I'm trying to do. Right. So using using those methods definitely help celebrating every single success, no matter how small it might seem to you, you need to celebrate it and then go on to the next one. Well, so I was an educator for 19 years and, and we used to do goal setting in our classrooms, you know, and, and we used the SMART acronym as well. So it, 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 it is so important that you're setting goals that are achievable. I mean, if you set a goal that's so far outside, you know, of, of where you are currently, then you give up and you stop trying. Okay, so now we are, we are to that have a plan part, which I said was a perfect transition before I was going to skip setting healthy goals, which is so important. So I didn't want to do that. But now tell us about having a plan. And how that Yeah, works. so, um, you know, we I kind of alluded to this uh, earlier, but essentially around the holidays, we you know, there are some events that um, we, we might get a little bit anxious about, um, socially speaking. Maybe there are some people there, like you said earlier, you know, uh, that we're not the most comfortable around or just we know that it's an environment that might push us towards certain uh, elements that we're trying to avoid in our life. Um, if it's unavoidable, um, and I understand that, then to uh, to use an if-then scenario beforehand. So sort of have that plan in place. Uh, and what that would look like, I'll use, you know, we, we just spoke about uh, alcoholic beverages. We can just use the same example uh, that you can say, okay, 
I know the environment that I'm going to be in. Uh, I am going to be offered a drink, and I'm trying to have zero drinks tonight. Um, if I am offered a drink, then what do I do? Right. And if you have that plan in place beforehand, you're you're already sort of training yourself. And you know, in my case, I, I'm not a big drinker, if I'm being honest. Um, there is a lot of social pressure in some of the environments I am, and when I am offered a drink, so my if then is if I'm offered a drink, I'll politely turn it down, but ask them if they have maybe a sparkling water. Just so I I'm not sort of turning away their hospitality. I'm still saying, yes, you can definitely, you know, be hospitable and, and, and give me something to drink. I just prefer that it's not alcoholic. And I have yet to run into a situation where, where people don't respect that, um, you know, or make me feel uh, weird about it. Nobody's done that. If somebody, again, is doing that for you, well, that, I'm sorry that that's horrible, but hopefully that's not the case. Um, so yeah, having that plan. So knowing that this environment, which I'm going to get into, is not necessarily you know, going to provide me with the things that, that, that I want. Um, for example, if you um, know that the food isn't going to be the type of food that you want to be ingesting, you could prepare something yourself, which you would rather eat. And that's, that's a very polite way of going and introducing other people to the foods that you enjoy. Um, uh, if they happen to be healthier, wonderful. Uh, but also making sure that you have the food that you want to eat just in case nothing else there matches up with what your sort of, um, you know, eating plan was for that evening. Uh, so having a plan beforehand, as opposed to sort of going off the cuff when you get there. Okay. I'm going to practice the if then theory, because this is what happens okay. to me with these buffet style, big family gatherings or uh, so if there are seven desserts to choose from, I am going to pick my favorite two and have half a portion of each one. And then I am limiting myself to one portion because I'll seriously will stuff myself so full just because I want to taste everything. And I have such a sweet tooth, which is not good, but that's a, that's a good plan, right? Like not only have one, that's a, that's a good plan. And again, and that is doable, right? It's doable. If if it's a one-time thing, honestly, I wouldn't feel too horrible about it. Just enjoy yourself. Well, not seven desserts like this. Sometimes (laughs) there's such a thing as too much of a good thing. (laughs) Dr. Vahid, it has been such a pleasure having you on, and we really appreciate you sharing all of these excellent tips with us and um, and how to live healthier and to to maintain that through through the holiday season. So I can't wait to have you, you back on. It won't be very long, I'm sure, because we are, we are going to have you on each time that you you submit a, an expert article, and I can't wait for the next one. And and real quick, I when when we were talking about exercise earlier and um or, mm-hmm. or activity earlier, and we talked about walking. Tell us a li- just for a second, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. uh, about your walk with a doc program, because I really think that that is something just extraordinary that you do and that you offer, you know, to to our community. Let's plug. I didn't say it myself when I talked. No, about I want I you to. You I really, <laughs> I want you to share. I want you to share that with 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 our listeners for sure. Yeah. So um, I partnered with the the city of Dunwoody uh, Parks and Rec. Um, and we do a once a month walk with a doc, which essentially it's a walking group. Um, I, I lead it. We start with a two to three minute um, health topic. And it could, you know, for example, I've talked about sleep before goal. You know, the next one's going to be goal setting. Um, and really, it's about going for a walk with your community, people in your community, being out in nature, walking for your health, 
making those uh, positive social connections. So really, it's about touching on a lot of these pillars, which we spoke about today. Uh, it's completely free of charge. I do this um, uh, I, you know, in my own free time because I truly enjoy it. Uh, I, I really get, um, get a lot of benefit from it. I love meeting uh, people. And uh, it is sort of an opportunity to do a Q&A with me, too. You, know, you could ask me about anything in that time. I'm happy to let you pick my brain and, uh, and get to know you. Uh, yeah, so it's a it's a it's an international organization. Uh, if you want to learn more about the program itself, it's walkwithadoc uh, org, um, and uh, yeah, I'm more than happy to. to the next walk is December 9th. Um, I'm not sure when this <laughs> airs, but if it airs before December 9th, uh, we do that at 9 a.m. at uh, the Brook Run Park, and we meet at the Veterans Memorial. So it's every second Saturday of the month. Perfect. That's what I was going to ask next. Every second yeah. Saturday of the month at Brook Run Park, 9 a.m. Um, I'm mm -hmm. going to do what I can to be at the next one. <laughs> so, Excellent. well, again, thank you so much for being here. I look forward to the next time. And I, I just really appreciate you sharing all of this with, with our listeners. Thank you. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks for having me. That's all for today's episode, Atlanta. I'm Stacey Risley with the Good Neighbor Podcast. Thanks for listening and for supporting the local businesses and nonprofits of our great community. Thanks for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast North Atlanta. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnpnorthatlanta.com. That's gnpnorthatlanta.com or call 470 946 7007